A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's time for Canadian Mocha 2.0. It's not your usual faces that you see on your screen or you're listening to. It's not set E is Tempest with SP3. Let's do it. It's Wednesday. We're going to talk some NXT and we're going to talk some mess about the UK. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's how we start every single Wednesday. A little song for your viewing pleasure, for your listening pleasure. I am with the most knowledgeable move man on wrestling YouTube, Tempest P. How you doing, Tempest? That's that's not true at all. I will be I will be modest, sir. I, I am not the most knowledgeable. I barely watch wrestling anymore. I don't even have time to watch wrestling. It's driving me nuts. I'm well, sir. I'll be real. I, we've recorded the podcast already. We're doing the intros and outros afterwards. I got a lot out that I needed to get out. Woo! You're in for a show since you're watching this bit first. It's uh, it's it's an experience. Um, yeah, I'm good. I've calmed down now a little bit. I've come down. <clears throat> I started that podcast at a 10 and just kind of needed to vent, and NXT was just my punching bag, I guess. And that's fine. I don't know. I guess it's what, like, I've come to realize, I've come to realize that the people who like this show, that like our reviews and everything, because there's always going to be the people that comment, oh, it's too negative, and blah, blah, blah. And sure, you don't want to just hate things for the sake of hating them. But it's the same way that, like, if I go back and watch, like, compilations of the brian and Vinny show from like 2008 when they're talking about tna like during like the dog days of impact like the lowest of the low of impact i don't want them to be like oh well i don't want to be too negative i want to like well this segment was was good and uh just i'll skim over this because i already ranted about like no give me an hour of you hating that show if you're gonna hate it and i've accepted that because I hate NXT. <laughs> I'm just willing to let that out in moments like that. So, I don't know, like a year ago or so, I probably would have been like, oh no, I can't say the wrong thing. I don't want the people to be upset if I if I dislike this WWE show too much. And now I'm just like, sod it. I've moved here. What, are they going to fire me? <laughs> you know, they could. I'm not going to take this job for granted by any means, but like, I think I'm okay. I think I can say like, that NXT I, sucks I and not hear the repercussions. 
I moved here. I'm not talking about it during the news video anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rip it apart. This is my last shot. Yeah. This is my last go at just like, I got to get NXT out. I don't know when I'm watching NXT again. So I just got to gotta go. Um, yeah, good, man. Oh, good. This whole process has been really wild, really weird. Every day is an adventure of some sort, good, bad, or otherwise, you know? So, yeah, lots lots going on. How far are you from the office, from where you're at right now? Currently, where I'm sitting right now, I'm a ways away. I'm in uh, West Kensington, so don't come trying to stalk Tempest, all you UK fans. But, uh, yes, quite a far distance away from where uh, where I would be getting to, but it's, it's fine. I commuted an hour and a half both ways going to school when I lived in Toronto. So like I'm used to a commute and the, the, the trains here are much better than they are in Toronto. So yeah. remember I'm from New York. I took the trains mm-hmm. here. I was like, Oh, this is fancy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, like, like I took the train one time with Sat, and he was like, he was like, yeah, how's our trains in comparison to, to New York? I was like much cleaner. This is in New York. I, I, you know, it's a, it's a lot of people on the trains usually, but at least you don't mm-hmm. have like a bum city, uh, you know, sleeping in the corner and like, like, I don't know, uh, you've been know, on the wrong trains. Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> I mean, I used to try to always sleep on the, on the train before I had to go to work or after work. And I would always, when I get in like a good sleep and it was okay to sleep on the subway. Don't get, don't do it. If you're not from New York, I think this is just a New York in me that was doing that. But every single time I got into a good sleep, I would hear showtime and someone would do performances and be flipping over my head. So that's how it is mm-hmm. in New York though, but it's yeah. better here. Well, the pro, the pro. I don't know if you've been to Toronto. I, have you? Have you been to Toronto? You've been to Toronto. No, yeah. no, that's one place no. I haven't been actually. Oh well, I, well, when I, whenever I'm there, I need to get you to Toronto, because uh, I have heard stories of. Well, like I grew up there, I know how terrible the subway is, right? But I've heard stories of people being introduced to the subway when they've come to visit, and they're like, <laughs> "What? Like." I've heard a story where uh dude, uh, another pocket, Steve Dangle, anybody, I've talked about him enough, hockey YouTuber. Uh, he was telling a story about how, like, a couple from Spain came to him, and they were, like, you know, broken English, but trying to figure out, like, subway, like, and he's like, oh, yes, yes, this, this is the subway map. And they said, where's the rest of it? And he just had to go, no, that's it. And they laughed because the Toronto subway map is a U- and a line through it, and that's it. There, are, there is a total of I think four subway lines. Two of which, like, there's a Scarborough line at the very end. It's basically just an extension of the one line, and then the other one is an extension of the other line. And it's a U and a line, and you can run along Bloor Street, and that's all you can go here. And you can go downtown if you take the loop, or you can go like uptown along Young Street and and Spadina or whatever. But if you're anywhere else in this city with like four million people, you're screwed. You better take a bus. So I'm happy to be away from the Toronto subway system. I hope they never take they they like put we're the, the North America's transit system of the year on all their subway systems five years ago. And I was like, were you one of one? 
Because, like, I couldn't have... Couldn't have been held up against, like, Montreal, I know, has a very good subway system. I've I've been there. That was really good. But, yeah, this... I'll, I'll take this. I'll take the London the London tube. I'll take that over that nonsense. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my 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 uh, experience on the London tube is not too much, but yeah, it's it's not as uh, confusing as as New York that has like four billion different trains by letters, the letters of the alphabet, and sometimes I get confused with that, even teaching my two year olds. But enough about. <laughs> <laughs> the subway systems of where we used to live where we're at right now let's get into some annexc 2.0 with the great american bash special let's get to it I got my my kids in here. They're they are going all crazy because it was actually a good edition of NXT 2.0 last night. We had the Great American Bad Special with four championships on the line, and see, it, it, it's getting everybody going crazy here in my in my humble abode. But <laughs> what did you think overall about the show last night? Well, it didn't strike me as one of the top level NXT 2.0 specials. It was, I've seen a number of NXT 2.0 specials that actually have blown me away a little bit where it's like, this is the special we get for this weekly show. One does not equal the other. And this one didn't quite feel so much like that. It still kind of felt like an episode of NXT 2.0, but a better one than we usually see, where, again, they focused more on the wrestling and promos that would build to matches than just stupid skits. But we did get stupid skits. So, I don't know. It was a mixed bag for me. I enjoyed some of the matches. Others, I was like, that would kind of felt unneeded or out of place or, or whatnot. But I think that's just what you're going to get out of NXT 2.0. Yeah, that's kind of their MO. And I, I would say that the reason why I think I'm saying that it was a better episode than usual is because I've had to suffer through the last couple Entirely of weeks possible. where it's been yeah, it's been directly in the middle at best. Uh mm-hmm. shows, thumbs in the middle type shows. And I would say the second hour of the show was actually really good quality because you had two really good matches with the North American Championship and the NXT championship uh main event. But let's talk about what the title says what the thumbnail says and that's all about Roxanne Perez someone that we are both very high on the former ROH women's world champion tried to get her first title here in the WWE and that was our opening matchup of the show it was Toxic Attraction Gigi Dolan and JC Jane versus Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade for the NXT Women's Championship Uh, I like that Perez and Jade although I saw a lot of people, a lot of discourse on social media complaining like they're not really a team. At least they came out and they looked like a team with their matching attire. That's all I can sometimes ask for. Uh, The babyface started out with the advantage using their speed until a mistag by the referee led to toxic attraction, gaining control and isolating Perez. At one point, Gigi uh, made Roxanne bite the bottom rope and pushed her foot against the back of her head. I thought that was a nice little aggressive spot. It made... uh, 
Perez sympathetic before she got the hot tag into Jade. Cora and Roxanne hit a missile dropkick, uh, Russian leg sweep combo. Didn't really connect, but they did get a two count. They then did their best uh, best impersonation of the Young Bucks with the double super kick. And Mandy Rose broke up the pin by pulling out the referee. This led to her getting kicked out of ringside. And then it led to our finish where Cora broke up the high-low finisher from Gigi and JC. And then Roxanne hit Pop Rocks to become the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Perennial loser on this show, Cora Jade, has finally won her first title. I thought that it was decent enough for, for the people involved, you know, at their level of experience. What did you think about this opener here, Tempest? I think that is basically my sentiment as well. It, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about any of this. I didn't have strong feelings one way or the other about Toxic Attraction's reign going in. I didn't really have strong feelings about about this team of Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade either. And I don't have strong feelings about the titles. And then I didn't have strong feelings about the match either. It was just... It's fine. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We did a whole tournament to do a shot at the tag team titles. And then the winners of that said, now nah, we want to face the, the women's champion. And then we had a whole friggin' thing to do a, a women's championship match. And the, the person went, now nah, I want to face the tag team champions first. So like, I don't care. I don't care who wins the matches on NXT 2.0. I don't care who becomes number one contender. I don't care who's the champion. It doesn't matter. So the best that I can hope for is just a match that's a little bit exciting. I didn't quite get that out of this. Now, I'm excited. I'm happy that Cora Jade got her first championship. I'm glad that Roxanne Perez got her first championship. I think Roxanne Perez should absolutely beat Mandy Rose next week. Just push her as the new star of NXT because she's great. She is great. Genuinely, I think Roxanne Perez is one of the better women's wrestlers in all of WWE right now. And I don't understand any reason why they would beat her. So I hope that they don't. If they want to push her to the moon and give her two belts, that's fine with me too. I would be happy with that direction. But I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I can't get that much out of seeing JC Jane wrestle, for example. You know, like again, this match was kind of fine for its experience level, but I'm not watching an incredible opening match. It was just, it's fine. It was fine. Yes, that, that, that's the best. No I strong can, feelings, I mind you. No strong feelings at all. <laughs> That's sometimes the best you can get out of NXT 2.0 is that was fine. That was fine was for fine. what they are. <laughs> and you kind of alluded to the backstage segment that happened later on where Mackenzie interviewed the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. Cora Jade talked about uh, she's finally won gold in the WWE and she did it with her best friend. Perez talks about all of her success, winning the breakout tournament, winning the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. And she just puts it out there. She says next week she is going to cash in her contract to face the NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose to end the toxic attraction Reign of Terror, and then later we got another interview with Mandy Rose uh, with Mackenzie, where she wasn't flustered by this at all. She wasn't flustered by you know her girls losing the tag team titles, and she's not flustered by the challenge of Roxanne Perez. And she says that Roxanne might not even make it to that title match next week. So. 
Um, I know you want Roxanne Perez to win, but uh, just based on her just taking this opportunity now, I don't think they were actually built to it. And the yeah. fact that she just announced it this week, it doesn't make me very confident that she's going to successfully cash in this contract. Me neither. I'm right on the same page with you, my dude. Like, I thought that, okay, we'll build this up until SummerSlam weekend when they'll probably yeah. do their next special or something like that. And you do the big coronation there and you go all out and make her the double champ and everything. Or maybe have them lose the belts before then. Doesn't matter. You go whichever way you want to go. As soon as they were like, okay, we're doing this next week, I was like, Ugh. I don't think she's going to win then. And if she doesn't, who? Who then? I know who. Booty Giuliani, Nikita Lyons. Yes, Nikita. I think Nikita Lyons. (laughs) No, thank you. I think Nikita Lyons, who was who was at a at a barbecue, because the difference between Briggs and Jensen and the Street Profits is Street Profits <laughs> had a cookout and Briggs yeah. and Jensen had a barbecue. You see the difference, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but yeah, they I had a barbecue. Big old difference. <laughs> they had a barbecue to kick off the show, and Nikita Lyons was playing frisbee with Indy Hartwell. That's the woman that's going to be our next NXT Women's Champion. <laughs> I love playing frisbee with someone five feet from me. <laughs> hey, catch. Oh, hey, catch again. Nothing about this show feels real. This is not the point of the segment, but it really drove me nuts. They're just like, this is how you play frisbee. Like, no one feels like our genuine human. <laughs> Nothing uh, about that was natural. At least there no. was like... <laughs> I mean, with with both segments, I'm talking about even the Raw cookout and the NXT barbecue, nothing about either of those things. Anytime WWE does these segments, it doesn't feel natural. The only natural thing I've ever seen from a cookout or a barbecue in WWE was EC3 being depressed during one of those back in when he was called up to the main roster. That was the Mm -hmm. only natural thing I've ever seen. On this show, I had to like write it down because I couldn't believe the actual words that were coming out of my screen. When during all that, Ekman Jiro's like pounding a beer or something and Briggs goes up to us like, hey man, you better slow down or you're going to fall asleep like Wendy Chu or something like that. And I forget who it was. Random anonymous NXT person says, Tiffany better not sleep on Wendy Chu. She's got a lot of tricks up her onesie. Who talks like this? Who? It's a bad cartoon. Because if it was was a good cartoon, I'd love it. But it's a bad cartoon. It was so embarrassingly. I was I was embarrassed to watch this show. Thankfully, it was like I I had to do a show late night yesterday, so I watched it live. Thankfully, my whole family was asleep because if I had to watch it this morning, I would feel embarrassed with my two year olds coming in and watching me watch that show. I rewound that line like four times. I was like, "There's that's not what she said. What What was it? I was watching this show at like 1.5 speed to get through it quicker. And I had to like go back, make sure it was on the normal speed and be like, what did she say? Because there's no way that this is what she actually said. Nonsense. 
<laughs> and for all of that, yes, we are. We don't really see uh, Roxanne Perez being Roxy two belts, but you know it is nice that Toxic Attraction lost some championships because we need some refreshing in the women's division. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, let's get into the rest of the show after the women's tag team championship match we saw earlier today uh braun breaker arriving at the cwc he's asked how his shoulder is and the champ says uh he claims that it's fine then we get commentary talking about what's going on with tony d and his extended family and i i will say i'm sorry like i don't know if this is supposed to be comedic but i love the tony d'angelo uh family storyline <laughs> it's so over the top someone was murdered last week and this was it was barely even mentioned on this show but (laughs) backstage we go to the d'angelo family with the returning electra lopez this is something that sat's been asking for where's electra and apparently she's been at the ports because she has improved the d'angelo family business by 20 percent at the port she's the only one that has been doing good for the d'angelo family since this merger with Legato Del Fantasma. Uh, Tony D said that he said there would be consequences if he didn't win the North American Championship. So he shows Del Toro, Wild, and Lopez pictures of Santos Escobar in a hospital bed. He didn't really look like he was beaten up. He looked like he was sick. 
I don't, uh, it was am yeah. I the only one? Like he didn't look. It wasn't no bruises. He just looked like he like he he, he had a really, bad tummy ache. Yeah, he was on timeout. He was sitting in his hall. Let me go. And they're like, no, we need to keep you overnight for observation. I'm fine. Though. You're not fine. I don't know. He was fine. He, he looked like uh, the episode of Fresh Friends when Will had to get his appendix uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. surgery. <laughs> That's what he looked like to me. Um, oh, while that uh, Del Toro uh, will have to show their worth next week, according to Tony D, or they will wind up like Excavar. What do you think is like the the final resolution of this whole merger with Legato Del Fantasma? I ain't got a clue. I think. Uh... <laughs> Uh, maybe Electra Lopez will switch sides. She got uh, she got the rub this week. She's like, "Hey, you're doing a good job, kid." These other two slackers, and that's that's all we got out of it this week. So like, I don't know. The only thing I have to go off is like, all right, he likes her, so maybe she'll get a promotion or something. Meanwhile, the other guys are are not, and I don't know. I don't. You can't do a you can't do a trios match anymore because you killed one of your dudes. So. I don't know. I don't know. You just go to another match with Santos and Tony D and you get out of it that way. I, I don't know. Get Santos on the main roster. Please get him out of a hospital bed. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's not even in purgatory anymore. He's in the hospital. This yeah. man's sick. He's sick of being in NXT 2.0. Yeah, I think that the whole uh, the whole line towards Alexa Lopez is probably teasing her turning on Legato del Fantasma and officially joining the D'Angelo family. That's where I got from it. Mm-hmm. I, I I would think it would maybe be something like that. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, but that yeah. Next, we had uh, Pretty Deadly. They are outside talking about the fashion movement in Exus. Uh, they talk about uh, you wouldn't be caught dead drinking beer in Exus, and uh, which brings them to Briggs and Jensen, who have their titles, the NXT UK Tag Team Championships, and Pretty Deadly promises to give them a great American beatdown. Okay. I'm um, sorry. There will never be anything that anyone will ever be able to do to get me to care about Brooks Jensen. That ship has long since sailed. That horse has left the barn, cowboy, especially on this episode when he's still being a horny loser virgin at the goddamn pool party. Now he's just being a creep. I don't like this Did they make it so obvious? Like, he had the thing... At his crotch area too. It was just like, God, like they they haven't improved the jokes. They said last week that he was getting numbers and stuff from from across the pond and in the U.S. since winning the titles, and now he's back to the 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 pervert, the pervert version. Listen, if you want to do a joke one week that a dude's like a loser virgin, do the joke one week and get your jokes out. You know. And then have him be like, um, actually, no, I have had sex and I am, you know, not a horny loser virgin. I like the appropriate amount of sex. But you can't run back the same jokes for six months. The joke is still just that he's a virgin. Yep. Ah! Bad cartoon. 
It really is. It really is. Sometimes there's like the dialogue and the characters are just very bad. I feel like I'm stuck in like a time machine to like 1993 WWE sometimes, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get to that with some someone's attire on the show as well. But mm-hmm. uh, one person that I know we both have been enjoying over the last couple of weeks is Wesley. Uh, he didn't have a promo this week. He did go one on one with Trick Williams, who came out with Carmelo Hayes. Uh, Trick had brand new music he comes out with a boxing robe that says trick willie the greatest i loved it i loved it (laughs) i loved it because that was made by my friend sway archer great gear maker if any wrestlers want to watch this and get great ass gear contact sway archer on twitter that man is goaded you you did exceptional work, Sway. I will hand it to you. I love this. I loved Carmelo uh, acting like the trainer with the water bottle, with the boxing trainer water bottle. Uh, Lee gets the better of Trick early on, who has to go into his corner a couple of times and drink water. But they made it. They made it very clear that uh, Carmelo kept telling Trick which specific bottle to take the drink of water from. And this would play out in the finish of the match as Trick went to the outside and he poured the other water bottle on his hands uh, while Mello distracted Wes Lee. When Lee gets back into the ring, Trick hits him uh, with a double axe handle and then rubs his hands in Lee's eyes. He threw the water bottle to commentary and Vic Jokes and says, this smells like rubbing alcohol. And of course, it was rubbing alcohol that blinded uh, Wesley, and then Trick hits a spinning big boot for the win. This was just three minutes. It was more or less, honestly, an angle more than an actual real match, and this was to put some heat on Trick, as obviously this feud is going to continue with Wesley. What did you think, Tempers? Like, I thought the finish was, per today's standards, creative. This yeah. isn't a finish that I see all the time. You don't usually see the the ether-soaked rag, the chloroform-soaked rag used in today's day and age. You know, it's it's a little bit old school, and so I like that. That being said, God, this company is as subtle as a brick. I didn't need him going over and being like, not that bottle, this bottle. <laughs> like, I... It, just had him get like have him here he take a square water at the beginning of the match in this bottle and then you know just don't treat your audience like they're stupid you don't need like three separate water bottle segments of a three minute match it whatever doesn't matter i don't know why wesley is losing like, the gimmick is now that he's a, a loser who can't wrestle, can't win. He's small. He's a loser. Yeah. How many losers do we need on this show? Like, all the baby faces, aside from, like, Braun Breaker, are just losers. They get yelled at by, by Andre Chase. They, they lose three-minute matches against people like Trick Williams who never win. Cora Jade's just her gimmick they throughout commentary during that match were like what has Cora Jade even done this year she hasn't done anything <laughs> since war games what a loser why would you be promoting your stars that way they're so ass backwards in this company and they're so determined to make every single wrestler Daniel Bryan in the way that yeah. oh Daniel Bryan got really over because we beat him a lot no you dumb f- 
He got over in spite of what you were doing to him. So stop making every good guy on your show just a geek. I did not expect to get this worked up about this show. <laughs> no, it is true, though, because Wesley, what we've learned about him with these great promos that he's done over the last two weeks is that he's, you know, he feels like he's been, like, lost because he mm-hmm. lost his best friend. He lost the NXT tag team titles. And you would think that this was going to start after that promo in the ring that started this feud with Trick Williams, that it was going to start his ascent up. When that, when that promo happened, I told Sat, I was like, I think that he beats Trick Williams and then he's a next contender for Carmelo Hayes. It just makes sense. Like, he doesn't have to beat Carmelo Hayes, but the win over Trick should lead to him going after the NXT North American title with Carmelo Hayes. And now it seems that we are extending this feud when it doesn't really need to when Trick Williams has basically lost to everybody. I, I think this is the first time I've ever seen Trick Williams win a singles match in his NXT career and you you basically have to find Wesley as this loser who not only loses matches he lost his friends he lost his title he's lost as a person yeah like yeah they have to find him down as 100% a loser yeah I exactly what you had said I think you beat Trick Williams and then you have like a perfect TV match challenger for Carmelo Hayes doesn't need to be on a special, doesn't need to be the guy who beats him. Just here, a big challenge, and you have a really close match. You take the champ to his limits, and you still get beat, and you go, damn, I haven't got there yet, but I can feel myself getting closer. I know I've lost my tag partner, and I'm figuring this out as a singles guy, but, man, I took the champion to the limit. He says he's the A champion. Well, I came that close, and what does that make me? I'll beat him next time. Why can't you cut that promo? I don't understand why this has to be so complicated, you know? Like, I like this guy. His promos have been really, really good. He's the kind of guy who has a real story behind him right now that if you wanted, you could build him into a bigger star. But they, I don't know if they're against that or if they think they're doing that. And if they do, they're wrong. I don't I don't think they understand what they're doing, to be fair. I mean, this is the same company that had Braun Breaker lose during WrestleMania weekend to, to yeah. Dolph Ziggler. So even even someone like you said, Braun Breaker, who hasn't been defined as a loser, he's lost some big matches himself. Yeah. You know, Roxanne Perez, someone who they're building up on the women's division, she lost to Mandy Rhodes before she even got a shot at the title. So yeah, they, they, yeah. they can't seem to help themselves. But uh, one person who's not a babyface that seems to be getting built up is Tiffany Stratton. Uh, we see her backstage. She's getting makeup put on her by the makeup artist when out of nowhere uh, in comes Wendy Chu. Uh, uh, Tiffany acts as the makeup artist for more powder. So Wendy Chu has a handful of powder right to the face. And this leads to a whole huge brawl in the pitcher-in-pitcher break. This was creative, though. This, this was different for them. They, it was a comedy brawl throughout with garbage cans. Uh, Wendy Chu decided to sit in a chair like she was uh, Mi Ying again and uh, <laughs> laughed maniacally at Tiffany Stratton, who didn't see her sit in the, uh, the queen's chair. Then they eventually bring the fight into the arena. And then when we come back from commercial break, 
the match uh begins it was supposed to start later in the show apparently but it began now uh stratton gets the advantage by smashing chu's hand into the ring post which really becomes like the story of the matchup uh wendy wendy at one point locks on a sleeper hole until tiffany once again attacks the injured hand but chu hits a brain buster for a near fall wendy goes for a german suplex but tiffany lands on her feet she stomps on the hand hits a drop kick that knocks chu into the corner and and hits her twisting Vader bomb for the win. I thought that this was this was a developmental match. Don't get me wrong, but for before where Tiffany Stratton is at, I feel like she improves every week. Whether it's on promos, whether it's in the ring, and this was at least fun and had a simple story for you to follow with the injured hand coming into play in the finish. So I enjoyed this for what it was because I, I'm sorry, Tempest, everyone. I am a Tiffany Stratton mark. I love Tiffany Stratton because of that. Ever since that promo against Roxanne Perez, where she's like, oh, she rides on buses. Have you ever heard of a plane? I've loved her. I've been in love with this character. So I was down for this. I I don't dislike Tiffany Stratton that much, honestly. I think she's very fluid in the ring. Like, she has a lot of very smooth motions the sort of thing that i don't think can be taught she's got right off the bat that being said my critique of this match is i simply cannot get into a baby face who cheats and then loses you know yeah. like if you're gonna start a fight by throwing some crap in my eyes and i still beat you sorry kid like <laughs> You are no longer on my level. You go back You go back to sleep now. So that's fine. I would have to, again, fingers crossed, I'm still hoping for a Roxanne Perez win next week. That's my hope. If they do that and then Tiffany Stratton is the first challenger, I think that's perfectly fine. If they have Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton as a TV match, I think that's great, but... I don't know. Again, like you said, it was a developmental match. It was fine. I don't like when they start a fight and then cut to commercial. I never liked that. So stupid. But regardless, it's fine. Again, it was fine, I suppose. <laughs> stupid Wendy Chu. Like, some people like the Wendy Chu character, and I get why. Like, she's very good at playing the role of Wendy Chu. It's a creative yeah. wrestling character in, a, in an age where we have Orange Cassidy and Space Monkey and things like that. Weird, eccentric characters get over. But I hate this character so much. I cannot get into it. Like, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry if that makes me a hater. I do think uh, Wendy Chu is a very good wrestler. I think she's very good and would like to see her like genuinely, if she just had like more wrestling matches, I think this character would be fine. It's just like the squirting with the super soakers and then, and then having a dream sequence last week and everything. I'm just like, I just skipped the segments, you know? And unfortunately it means I try and fast forward through this match even more. <laughs> It only went four minutes, so you didn't have much to fast forward through. It even. felt so much longer than that. Are you kidding me? With the picture, picture of Raw, yeah, it was about like maybe like seven minutes, a three-minute brawl yeah. backstage into a four-minute matchup. Uh, 
Anyways, uh, they we go backstage. We once again see Braun Breaker, who's working out in uh, his locker room when Cameron Grimes confronts him to ask about the shoulder, which uh, Braun once again says is fine. And Grimes warns Breaker that he will do anything to win tonight. And then that leads into that's so Apollo because he can see the future, Tempest. If you haven't seen, I can see. That's so Apollo. I want that. I wanted that to be his theme song because his new theme song sucks. Why do all these songs are like such a downgrade? They're so generic. Like his his uh, Apollo theme was cool. It was good. I they they added the Nigerian drums. Okay, you had to get rid of that. But just the song in general is so much better than this generic song that they gave him. What did you think about the new song? <sighs> Why can't we go back to the first song? The that first too. song was yeah. such a bop. <laughs> bum, ba-da-dum, bum, bum, ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum, it's so good. It was like the most underrated NXT song. And I get it, CFO dollar sign, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. This promo, though, I thought was very interesting. Because I love when on their own product, the guy goes out there and be Man, my kids, my kids really can't watch that main roster crap, you know? Like, they couldn't watch it. They wouldn't watch my matches. Your own guy's kids can't watch him perform on your show. You tell me how I'm supposed to watch it. Because WWE's Ooh. for kids, except if you're Apollo Cruz's kids. <laughs> it's it's so not for kids. It's not even for the kids of the people on the show. That's <laughs> such an indictment of this company and they don't realize it but but this apollo is good for the kids apparently I no but yeah this apollo <laughs> cruise this is the most i've ever cared about apollo cruise yeah Which this is, is actually lot, to be fair i'm down i'm down for apollo cruise getting a huge push this is actually better presentation even than his first NXT run. He feels yeah. important here. Uh, but yeah, he talks about his kids stop watching him because they said it wasn't you on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, he credits his kids for giving him the inspiration to return to NXT. Cruz brings up uh, potential matches with Tony D'Angelo, Nathan Frazier, the winner of the North American title match. He then brings up Cameron Grimes and Braun Breaker. And this brings out Giovanni Vinci who says that he didn't uh, make Apollo's list because Vinci will outperform him with style. Cruz suggests Giovanni get in the ring so they could fight one-on-one, and Vinci says and says um, that they will face each other next week on NXT 2.0, and he guarantees to beat him next week and says that gives him seven days to come up with a good excuse for his kids. I like that. I like good that line. line. Very yes. good line. I thought this was a very strong segment on this show. Like it made me, I like Giovanni Vinci came out. I was like, uh, I was, I was hoping for someone a little bit, a little bit better. You know, I was hoping Apollo's next match would be, you know, not the guy that debuted like just to be fair. But to be fair, it's better. It's better than uh, who they teased. He's going to feud with later in the show. And last week, uh, Zaya yeah. Quinn. So I was happy That's to see true. Giovanni Vinci. That's very true. That's very true. So it was just kind of like, okay, it, it, it should be, it should be cool. It should be cool. And then the promo happened. I was like, Ooh, good line. Now I care. Now I want to watch the match. And really that's the point of these promo segments. So I have to say that this one did its job. 
Yeah, I enjoyed this, and I'm gonna. I think that match is gonna bang next week. That's a that's a match that I'm actually looking forward to because you know Giovanni Vinci. I'm not 100 into the character, although he did look the part this week. I think that he needs to come out like Cesaro with like mm. a suit that he just rips off uh, to start the match, something like that. I think that will put this over the top as far as presentation. But I, I in the ring is still Fabian Eichner. And he can deliver against Apollo Crews. I think it's going to be a really good match next week. We had a backstage segment interview with Ivy Nile. Uh, Mackenzie asks her, is this going to be the end of Diamond Mine? Uh, Nile says, tonight we will see who the best tag team in Diamond Mine is. She is then interrupted by Caden Carter and Katana Chance arguing with Tatum Paxley. Uh, she says that's enough. And Caden and Carter... Uh, uh, excuse me, Kaden and Katana. Uh, <laughs> I make that off. mistake all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> it's so hard. It's too many K's. Uh, yeah, Casey Catanzaro, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter. Like, mm. it's so difficult. Uh, Ivy tells Tatum that if she's going to uh, get herself into these situations, she's going to have to get herself out. And she says to meet her at the Diamond Mine Gym tomorrow morning. This is something that we've like seen reports and rumors of that they're going to start a tag team with Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. What do you think about it? Cool. I like Ivy Nile a lot. I think she's got one of the more interesting presentations of anybody on NXT. I've kind of been waiting for her to be the highlighted women's performer for a good long while now. And I don't know if we're going to get that in the near future. We might. This might be just the first set of challengers for um, Roxy and, and Cora Jade, in which case I don't hate that. It can be like a learning experience for Tatum, but it, it's it's cool it's i'm just more like slightly curious to see where it goes i like ivy now that's really it <laughs> yeah and i'm i'm just all for them building up this women's tag team division because i've i've been a long uh critic of the NXT Women's Tag Team titles, of them not being a useful titles. I think the 24-7, I get more use out of that than the NXT Women's Tag Team titles overall, but Right now, the NXT Women's Tag Team titles is far superior to the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, so at least they're around it on TV. Oh yeah, I was about to be—I was about to say like I don't even know who is the tag team champion. I was like, oh yeah, no one, because they don't matter <laughs> at all. They're like, yeah, oh, we're gonna have a tournament sometime. We'll figure it out. We'll get to it. Don't worry. We'll, Stay we'll tuned. get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we get quick promos from Grayson Waller and Carmelo Hayes ahead of their North American title match. And then we get the North American championship matchup. We got the big dramatic uh, entrance music. Like it was the Chicago Bulls coming out for Carmelo Hayes. Trick Williams gives him a grand introduction from the Bird's Nest podium. And his video wall even has Dream Team theme that says Mellow Don't Miss. I thought that this was one of the best entrances i've seen for nxt like this all those ridiculous over-the-top entrances that they gave ron breaker on specials mm -hmm. it's for good reason that they didn't give him one on this one because it wasn't going to top what mellow did this was great stuff uh mellow uh even has the three on his knee pad and they said that's a dedication to alan iverson and i was like this dude man 
he he just continues yeah. to make me love him more. Like he's yeah. he, he's paying tribute to AI. Come on, how can you <laughs> not love Carmelo Hayes? Uh, we get an even start between the two guys where they're trying to do like the same moves. Then Melo uses his athleticism to get the advantage. He hits the fadeaway flawlessly, but then uh, Grayson Waller gets the advantage with a pop up back suplex, and he follows with a clothesline on the floor. During the commercial break, uh, Waller hits the Hardaway elbow drop off the second rope for two. Uh, Grayson pulls out a triangle choke out of nowhere. I, I've never seen him do that before. I was like shocked by that. But then uh, Mello hits an Escalera for a two, and he locks on a crossface. The two men exchange hard strikes with Grayson hitting a Harlem sidekick for double down. CWC at this point is chanting, this is awesome. They trade strikes again, ending with Mello hitting a springboard close line then uh waller pulls out this move that I, every time he does it i pop he does like a throwback kill switch where he jumps over him into the yeah. kill switch position yeah. i i always love when he pulls that out it's a, a really ring. creative new move that i haven't seen people use like a lot of the yeah. times now i feel like most wrestling moves have been done you know and it's like it's hard to be innovative without being just like ridiculously over the top and just like well i'm gonna add a flip to it which i guess is this but i don't know it's new and i like it i do i do for all the stuff you can say bad about grayson waller in the ring he usually delivers in these uh spots here uh Hayes goes for a tornado DDT, but Waller blocks and hits a rolling stunner. He uh, rolls, uh, Hayes rolls to the outside so he can't get the cover. Grayson puts him back in the ring and then goes for his running up the aisle way uh, rolling stunner. But Trick Trick Willie gets in the way, which leads to Wesley coming out of the crowd to attack Trick. Waller shrugs and then goes for the running rolling stunner, but Mello catches him with a code breaker and then he follows with the top rope lay drop to the back of the head for the win very good matchup this went back and forth some very entertaining action and sequences what did you think tempest i thought this was also a very entertaining match hot damn i loved that entrance i didn't think we were going to get some big entrance on this show i thought this was just going to be like you know an episode of nxt 2.0 with you know theatrics involved but this was like oh my god this man is a star like genuinely a big star and it has been a long time since i've wanted to say that anybody on nxt 2.0 actually felt like a star but after watching this show like i will give nxt 2.0 credit for this because they cannot make a baby face to save their life they can't make a baby face they can make heels they make heels pretty well summertime not all of them. Von Wagner can piss off. Zion Quinn, I'm not feeling. But Carmelo Hayes should be a top guy on the main roster. Like, he is that good. He is being presented as such. He is such a star. And genuinely, I just, I can't believe that they are still so fortunate to have guys that you can make into like top level stars in WWE main event of WrestleMania level guys, even after firing so many people, because there are, there are a good crop of young guys and he's one of them. I think Braun Breaker's one of them. And I say that they don't know how to make baby faces and Braun Breaker 
is is a baby face. They've done a pretty good job of Braun Breaker. I'll give you that. They'll give yeah. you they'll give you the top champion and your second champion. And to be fair, that's probably the two things you want to get the most right. So I will give total credit for the pushes of Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker, save for that Dolph Ziggler business. So I'll give I'll give you those two. This I don't know why it struck me more than the other great matches he's had. Maybe it was just like, oh, they're going with this guy. Like, they're giving him a big entrance. But I watched this and went, yeah, Carmelo Hayes should be at least in the conversation of, like, the next guy. Yeah, he's a guy that I feel feel like he would be more ready for, like, money in the bank than Theory on the main roster. Like, he feels like a guy, I think no one would complain if he got called up tomorrow and got a shot at, like, a main eventer like a John Cena or a Roman Mm -hmm. Reigns because you know the quality. He feels so much, especially on this show, like we said in the first first hour, a lot of it feels cartoonish. A lot of it feels like you're watching 1993 WWE. WWF, he feels like Shawn Michaels in 1993 mm-hmm. WWF, where he can always be relied on to have a great match for this uh, mid-card title. And me and Sat talk about it every week. The North American title feels like so above or on at least on the same level to most uh, to the NXT championship. It feels like the top title because multiple people go for it. And it's usually the match that always steals the show. Yeah, and it's felt like there have been very few examples in modern-day wrestling of a genuine secondary title that doesn't really feel secondary. There are a few. This, I think, is a big one. I think the North American title has been, for the most part, a success. It had an awful year in 2021 where just the champion never defended the title and they never won, so... That was that was null and void. But otherwise, I think this title's had a pretty good track record. Like the TNT title until recently, I thought it was really good. And the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. That's about it. You maybe argue a few others. X Division title for stretches here and there as well. But yeah. that is, in general, my list. And this title keeps climbing that list. It just keeps getting better and better and better this year. And... I think that says a lot about Carmelo Hayes. You know, the people in the North American title picture are very often the best wrestlers on the show, whether that's uh, Cameron Grimes or Solo Sokoa or whoever it may be. But you're probably going to get the best match on the show from this title, and that makes me want to see the title defended more, wants, wants me to see Carmelo Hayes more, makes me think Carmelo Hayes is that much bigger of a star because his run has been so good. They've nailed the presentation of this title since Carmelo Hayes won it. And I will give them full credit for that. Absolutely agree 100%. And it's getting to the point where it's hard to view Carmelo as a heel. Like, he's so good. I think that mm-hmm. he's eventually going to get, like, the the pops, especially if they start doing, like, the specials and the bigger shows outside of the CWC. He's going to get those responses like a baby face, honestly, because yeah. he's that good and he always delivers. Melo don't miss is not a catchphrase. This is why they should have turned Roman Reigns heel like five years ago. Because genuinely, like, if you're just a good heel, they will eventually cheer you. Yeah. It, this is not this is not rocket science. This is not a secret. Like, everyone kind of knows that, except the people in charge, I suppose. But 
Like I've just seen John Wickham here, which I can't highlight because I don't. I'm not logged in on this laptop anymore. But saying that he's moving into the Rock territory, and he's not like obviously the stratosphere of the Rock as a star, but he's not wrong. He's yeah. so good that you are not going to be able to help but cheer him. He's one of the most charismatic guys on the entire WWE roster, and I'm, I'm. Mm. I almost went off on like another line of thinking. I was just like, "Well, they better not mess this one up." Them, mm, not yeah, again. Yeah, don't, don't, don't not after it. Hit Row. <laughs> not after Hit Row. You will not get me again. But I want the world for Carmelo Hayes. I didn't think when Christian Casanova signed with WWE, he would be the one to kind of like break through. And granted, he's having a good run in NXT, and lots of other people have done that. But he's yeah. having a really good run in NXT. I'm really, really happy to see that. Yeah, he's like the exception to the rule of what's happened with the rebrand. I think that the rebrand has kind of helped him even more, look like more of a star because of everyone that's uh, around him. And he just always seems to deliver no matter who's the opponent. And it's and it seems like they keep putting him against heels. So it also, you know, begs to begs the question how long he's going to continue being a heels because mm-hmm. he's just too good. Um, next, we had uh, a random bar code showed up on the screen that said scan here and uh this has caused a lot of questions online when you scan the barcode it came out as 8 10 11 i've seen different theories uh put out there but what do you think what do you think this uh 8 10 11 stands for i ain't got a goddamn clue not a blues clue about this one i was like oh Interesting. I I guess I will be checking Twitter more frequently during NXT now. Like, I I don't I don't I have no I don't even know what the eight ten eleven could be because it's not a date. You know, it, like no. August tenth and eleventh. I don't know. I have no idea. I genuinely uh, not a clue. I don't know who it could be. If this is a debut, if this is the return of Triple H, I don't know. I. No idea. Genuinely could be anything, could be nothing. Not a clue. Gives me real big uh, 2-10-11 vibes, I think it was, when 2-21-11 maybe, when uh, The Undertaker came back on that Raw, yeah. and it was the first week, all you got was that number, and everyone went, oh my god! It's, it's Sting! Sting. <laughs> what's, what's it gonna be? I don't think it's gonna be Sting this time. And I yeah. also, like, I have to imagine stuff like this basically is only maybe... People coming in from NXT UK or something because, like, I feel like if someone big had signed with WWE, we'd have heard about it. And if if it was someone big, they probably wouldn't be going to NXT 2.0. So it's like, what kind of level of surprise are we getting here? I have no idea. Yeah, it seems like more of a wait and see. I think this was just the first the first kind of breadcrumb dropping in this whole story. Uh, another story that was developing, we went backstage to McKenzie who interviews Zion Quinn who says that uh, Apollo Crews shouldn't be focused on the North American title and the NXT title matches. He should be focused on Quinn who when you Google a WWE superstar a picture of him uh, pops up in the suggestion box. Uh, and then he says, liar, <laughs> liar, liar. I call BS. 
Incorrect, sir. Strike that from the record. False statement. It I was Google very false. WWE superstar. And uh-uh. Zion Quinn did not come up as an image or a suggestion. No. No, but uh, I mean, there are reports that he's been looked at by uh, WWE uh, higher ups as someone that they want to call up to the main roster. So he says that he is box office and he claims that the future of NXT is Zion Quinn. Again, this company is incredibly transparent. When he when he went off last week, was like, oh, because I'm tall and I have muscles. And, and I'm handsome. And, and I was like, okay, this is just Vince McMahon speaking. This is just Bruce Pritchard has his hand all the way up Zion Quinn's ass. And he's just talking. He's just ventriloquist doll. I'm just like, of course he's the one that wants to be, that he's going to be promoted and call up the main roster. Oh, of course he is. Not any of the guys that are actually entertaining. <laughs> Except for that one time he sang Shawn Michaels' song. That was... I still like that segment for some reason, but like every time he wrestles, I fall asleep in a boring match with Santos Escobar. How do you even manage that? That's, that was something. I don't know. It, it, again, it just, the company is the way it is. I don't know. Also, Manny Santos saying 8, 10, 11 is a Bible verse. I don't know what Bible verse that could be, but someone pull on that thread, find out what that is and, Maybe there's something to that. Maybe that's as good a lead as I've had so far. Yeah, that 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 sounds. I mean, the only leads I've heard are like joking ones that it represents uh, Velveteen Dream coming back because his last DMs were the numbers. Yikes. Um <laughs> Wow. <laughs> let you let Damn. let that marinate. Um. <laughs> After we return, um, after we return from commercial, we go to Chase U, where Brody Haywood is sleeping in class. He says that his roommate doesn't sleep. Thea Hale, of course, is his roommate, and she says that they watch Money in the Bank uh, like a hundred times. Man, it must be very boring at that school if you're watching Money in the Bank a hundred times. A new student, uh, Chad, uh, says that the Constitution was signed on July 2nd, not July 4th, and that it was according to John Adams, which leads to a big outburst from uh, Andre Chase, where he says, who the hell has John Adams beat? And they uh, suggest that Chase you go to London because there's so much to research and see. Bodhi doesn't think they're going to go on this road trip, but Chase thinks that it's a good idea, and apparently Chase U is coming to NXT UK. That's what I got from this. Thank Christ they'll be off this show. I'm not even going to be watching this show anymore. But again, I don't want to be a hater because I know he's a good wrestler, but holy God, does this Andre Chase U thing suck? Like, I get that it's over in the crowd. They like to chase you the chance over because they have a, a quarter of the building filled out with these chase you people. So yeah, it's going to be loud. Christ almighty. But here's my thing with the chase you thing. I think this works fine as a sketch. Again, a one-time sketch that you tell the joke once and it's done. These NXT running gags don't work as stories 
because it's just you're watching the same episode of a sitcom over and over and over and over again and it's like a big bang theory quality sitcom which is bad by the way in case you got that twisted like who (laughs) is going to chase you period and why if you go and you're like uh this correct information. And he's like, oh, you idiot, God, here, God, chase you, idiot. Blah, blah, blah. Why aren't there people there? Andre Chase never wins. You're not going to learn anything from him. He sucks. In storyline, he sucks. He never wins. You're not, it's not like Timothy Thatcher beating the hell out of people because, like, you know, I might get stretched in the in the process, but I might learn something from this guy. He's like, he's a real deal. You're not going to learn anything from this dude. And no. I the, mm, it's the same thing as the, the Brooks Jensen version jokes. Like, who did John Adams ever beat? I've heard this joke so many times now. Yeah, it's funny. Who did he ever beat? I get it. I laughed the first time. What's the point of any of this? All yeah, Tempest doesn't like Big Bang Theory because I've got taste. Sorry, audience. Sorry, sorry, uh, but I, I will. I, I I do agree with this. I think Young Shelton is so much better than Big Bang Theory, and when a spinoff is better than the original series, that just says it all. That just right. says it all to me. I'm a, I'm in a mood today. Sorry, not sorry, but I think a Big Bang Theory is like one of the worst shows ever made. Watch that show with the laugh track muted. You can find that on on the internet and you have an existential crisis because the show isn't funny. Oh, oh man, I, I feel like this is the most heat Tep is going to get. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up. I'm up. <laughs> we, we see. I had uh, coffee today. I had coffee today, so I'm, I'm all the way up today. He's he's feeling jazzed up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we see uh, Diamond Mine getting ready for the NXT Tag Team Titles match together, but everyone uh, gives each other a fist bump, uh, except for Roddy Strong, who walks off and tells Damon to come on. And this leads into the NXT Tag Team Title matchup: uh, the Creed Brothers versus Roger Strong and Damon Kemp. Uh, the Creeds got the better of Strong and Kemp for pretty much a majority of this matchup. Uh, Roddy slaps Julius at one point and he comes in to distract the referee, which leads to Strong hitting two rising knee strikes to Brutus. They get a very short, short heat segment on uh, Brutus uh, following this. And then Brutus eventually hot tags to Julius. He runs wild on Roddy. He hits a series of overhead suplex. He hits his cartwheel suplex and gears up for the sliding lariat, but Roddy tags out to Kemp. And then Kemp comes in and gets the cartwheel suplex and gets the sliding lariat and loses. I didn't think much of this matchup. I like the Creed brothers, but I wouldn't say this was their best matchup. And I'm not into this angle like at all like i'm sorry i, I said i say this every week to to sat but roddy strong is not the roger strong that i fell in love with he has been de- he's another guy on the show that has been defined as a loser so i can't even think that he's gonna win these matches even a little bit at this point yeah the worst thing that could have happened to him it was reported that he wanted to leave 
never going to win now. And he probably signed like a three-year deal or something. Ah, yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of into this angle. Like not, I'm not over the moon for it or anything, but I think the creeds are really good. I think Julius Creed is ridiculously impressive. He does a lot of very cool power spots. I think his suplex that he did from a seated position last week was like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. He's really, really, really good. He's really inexperienced. And I, I love this one guy who's like, Tempest hates everything. NXT 2.0, Big Bang Theory, and Wendy Chu. Man, that's really everything. I really hate every single thing, including these three exceptionally terrible things. Cheers, bro. I mean, he even, he even admitted that Big Bang Theory is not that good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who's biased? Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'll come out with a. I like Chris Hill's uh, thing. I'll come out with a black mask because I'm a heel. Apparently, I'm, I'm feisty today. Um, yeah, yeah. I like. I kind of like this angle. I wish it would speed itself up a little bit. I wish we'd kind of get to the point. I feel like we'd been teasing the the destruction of of Diamond Mine for God forever. Like, was the, has this faction ever actually had its legs under it? Maybe just briefly when the Creeds won, but. You know, there's always been something here. Like, something's never been right. And I want that to kind of get to the point. But I always seem to understand the motivations of people in this feud. And I like that. Because I can't say that about most WWE programs. Where I look at Roddy, and the times where he's gotten upset at the Creeds for not listening to him, I'm like, okay, you are the leader of this crew, if you blind tag into a match, well, in theory, he's the leader of this crew. Not yeah, yeah, like, he's losing, like, but in theory, thing, he's supposed to be the one that they learned from, right? So if he ta- if yeah. he blinds tags in, yeah, get out of the ring. He, he's more experienced. Do what he says. And when they they like there was a, he wanted to get DQ'd at one point because that would be a win. Like I can see where he's coming from when he's getting frustrated with these guys not listening, and I also see where the creeds are coming from because. How would you know that without him telling you that? And and the communication isn't there, but it's like genuine miscommunication. It's not just a miscommunication spot for the sake of, of having one because it's time to break up the team. I see where all these things go, and I like that. And, like, again, with the finish of the match, Roddy Strong just tagging out to his partner and letting his partner take the fall, I'm like, Okay, yeah, like there's it's, there's still advancement happening in this story, and I'll I'll take that where I can get it. Yeah, I just feel like Diamond Mine is like a family where the dad leaves, the dad, the papa was a Rolling <laughs> Stone, and he left Malcolm Bivens, and then the older brother who's been working at the car lot for like 15 years, not not progressing anywhere. He's just, he's defined as a loser because he can't get a date. He can't do anything right. And he's, he's trying to pick on the two older brothers that are going to college, that are doing something with their life. And it's just like, I, how am I supposed to feel conflicted about this? I don't care about this older brother, this older brother who thinks that he's the man of the house now. No, you're not. Your two younger brothers are so much more successful you damn yeah yeah i mean 
I mean, I, I would certainly be pushing Roddy Strong a lot harder if I was in charge, but, you know, I wouldn't be doing a lot of things that they would do, you know? Like, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Totally. You know, the, the poor Diamond Mine. Like they debut, they're just like, remember when they had big plans for the cruiserweight division with Roddy Strong as champion, and none of that happened. So yeah, yeah. Man, the cruiserweight <laughs> division was so much better before they had big plans for them. <laughs> Go oh, for yeah. it. Uh, and we got a new member. Shout out <laughs> to uh, JS Woolton. Yes. Thanks for joining the member Bergs. We always appreciate that. And we'll always uh, shout that out as well. Uh, backstage, uh, we went, no, first we had a vignette for a new superstar who loves mathematics and is technically gifted in the ring. He says the mind can push you to new heights. He is a- Axiom. Axiom. I think that's, I think that's the Axiom. name. And, and Tempest. We've been asking for me and Seth for weeks. They found a kid. They found a kid. Our, our, our work has worked. We Our work, we put it on milk cartons everywhere, and they finally found a kid. I'm so happy. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm going to be real. I, I, for some reason, just like all of the, the names that are something kid. Doesn't really matter. I, that's just a personal thing. I know this one sucks. You know, his name is A-Kid. That, that's a bad name. Like, I'm going to be real. That's a bad ring name. This is one I'm not going to be upset if they change. And it's like, well, Axiom. It's like, it, it's, an, it, it's a cool-sounding word. Yeah. If, if, that's, if you're just picking out cool-sounding things to be a ring name, like, yeah, cool. Like, I just, I'm not one bent one way or the other about it. You know, it, it's neat. I'm glad he's going to be back on TV. He's, he's great. Yeah, he is. He's really good. So I, I, I was interested, but, but basically his character is he's a nerd. He's a nerd. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> That'll get over. <laughs> we got, we got a math nerd. We got a virgin. Do we need to hit any other things? This is this is gonna be a character that Tempest hates the most because it's basically oh, Sheldon God. as a wrestler. It's Sheldon from Big Bang Theory <laughs> as a wrestler. <laughs> Actually, he uses mathematics to get to, to to be more technically gifted in the ring. Excellent. Zinga. <laughs> he said the line. He said the word. Oh, backstage, Mackenzie interviews uh, Vaughn Wagner, Mr. Stone, and Sophia Cromwell. They're complaining about not being on Great American Bash. They blame the fans for not liking Vaughn. Oh, who wouldn't? Uh, so, Solo Sokoa uh, interrupts and says, stop whining and blaming the fans, and we get a pull-apart brawl between the two men, and this sets up a match for next week between Wagner and Sokoa. Not much to say here. I mean, I think we're all going for solo. Uh, and then we get our main event. So last call for Mocha Chats, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We get the big fight feel backstage walks to the ring with both men and Tempest. Your favorite thing ever we got during the introductions. Intangible. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, they bring them back. It's like they knew I was watching. <laughs> they knew you were going to be on this show so I had to write them down as well Cameron Grimes, his intangibles are heart and grit and Braun Breaker's intangibles is resilient and tenacious you know 
they figured out the noun or adjective thing. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It was a big part of why these things didn't make sense. However, it was also a big part of what made them funny. <laughs> so if they want to fix it back for the sake of the lols, that's also fine. <laughs> they did it just for you. Uh, yeah. Breaker uses his power to get an early advantage, but Grimes starts focusing on the injured shoulder. Some great selling by Breaker here. This was probably his best selling that I've seen in a match, pretty much. Uh, Braun makes his comeback, but Cameron cuts him off with his moonsault slam. Always one of my favorite moves that he does mm -hmm. for a near fall. And then the the way he pins someone after, where he kind of just faints on top of them. So when they yeah. kick out, he does like a dramatic like flip over. I love that every single time uh, Grimes goes after the arm and goes to the top rope, but uh, Braun cuts him off and hits a Frankensteiner off the top for a two count. Grimes uh, looks for the octopus hold at one point, but Braun fights his way out. Cameron uh, rams his shoulder into the turnbuckle again and then goes for the cave in for a great near fall. Uh, the fans were on their feet at this point. And then Cameron looks like he's going for a top uh, second rope cave in. He says he's going to the moon, but Braun catches him in midair with the spear for the win. I thought that this was a really good main event uh, with Breaker giving a lot to Cameron Grimes, making him look strong in defeat. Post-match, Breaker is celebrating in the aisleway. And then out of nowhere, we got a vignette earlier in the night that said that J.D. McDonough was going to debut next week. But out of nowhere, he comes at the end of the show. He attacks Braun Breaker. He hits the Devlin side through a picnic table in the entranceway. And then he tells Breaker that he should have been listening because he's been talking to him this entire time and that the necessary evil has arrived in NXT 2.0. What did you think about the main event and the post-match with the official debut of J.D. McDonough? I thought the match was really strong. I like that they gave this match a different flavor than Braun Breaker's other NXT title matches like he hasn't had to sell this much he hasn't had to sell like a pre-existing injury especially to a shoulder like it would, it's a different match and I appreciate that I like when these matches are very different I like what they've done with Cameron Grimes here you know and I think you will appreciate this you'll know what I'm talking about I wouldn't be able to make this reference if I was doing the show with Pete or somebody but this gave me very strong King of Pro Wrestling 2013 Tanahashi versus Okada vibes, where Tanahashi doesn't turn heel, but he he is underhanded in what yeah. he's done to try and win this match. And that is almost more interesting to me than a heel turn. Because in this situation, I don't know if they're going to go this direction. This might be a little bit too, like, you know... This might be too big of a storyline for NXT 2.0. But if they were to go in the direction that Cameron Grimes now has to look inward upon himself because he tried to take Braun Breaker out ahead of time to gain an advantage and it didn't work. And now he has to look at himself and the kind of man and the kind of champion he would want to be having failed rather than having done that and succeeded or having done that and just completely turned heel and, and rearranged his entire outlook. If they just play this subtly and have him do more introspective character work, I think that's awesome. I think that would be one of the better storylines they could do in NXT. And this might just be me fantasy booking, 
But that's the vibe I got from this because I didn't feel like Cameron Grimes turned heel with all this. I just feel like he's a more, he's a deeper character for having done it. And that's exciting. Jordan Devlin here. I don't, I don't care. I'll be honest. Like it'll be a good match, but I, I don't care. Patrick Bateman looking ass. Like I don't care. Sorry. Uh, I'm not going to get into him. I'm not going to get into him for reasons, you know? No, but no. We, he's we... a solid wrestler. The match will be good. I don't care. You know? I totally understand. I totally, yeah. especially after he said uh, Tadahashi can't lace his boots, and you brought up Tadahashi. I was just like, man, yeah, what are they? He got rifle ripped apart story. for that. Yeah, someone else said, "What were they? What were they got Velcro on them?" And I, I echo that sentiment. <laughs> Very nice. Very you nice. keep Tanahashi's name out your goddamn mouth. That's blasphemy. You don't talk about blasphemous. God like you don't talk, <laughs> don't talk about God. No, you do not take God's name in vain. <laughs> you watch your mouth, sir. You watch your mouth. But, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, though. Um, I, I don't, I don't see how this is gonna lead to anything good, and this feels like a little bit too soon for someone debuting <laughs> to get right to the top with the NXT uh, championship, but. Hey, <laughs> yes, Annika said, now, now it's a bit told like that. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> I love American Psycho. That is one of my favorite movies, genuinely. In case you thought oh. I hate fun. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love how people jump from one thing to another. You guys are yeah. great in the chat. Let's get in to the Mocha Chats, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Uh, we got one from one of the good brothers, Mayor of Painesville, Dan, who says, Hi, Dan. here we go. Looks like Tempest will never escape the hands of the heartbreak kid. NXT 2.0 for life. I watched this show, the first NXT 2.0 in a while, and I enjoyed it. The intro was fun. The matches were okay. Cora Jade, Waller, and Gigi Dolan. Uh, top JD flop. I can understand. Yeah, interesting. Can understand. Yeah. All right, Dan. All right, Dan. Thank you, Dan. You're, you, I haven't had a chance to thank you. Dan's a very kind person. He's sending a gift to the, uh, sending something to the office, and I'm very excited about it. So thank you, Dan. You're great. Dan is the best, and we always enjoy his mocha chats, his input, as always. Uh, we got one from AO1012, who says, Tempest, if you want to see a good Ivy match, check out her and Mako in NXT UK. It was solid, and they gave Nile time to show her skills. I would believe that that would be good. I might check that out. Mako Satomura, I mean, I'm if, always yeah. down for her. Yes. If, if you're going to have a good match with somebody, Mako Satomura is going to be one of the people you're going to have it with, for sure. Absolutely. Every single time. Uh, I mean, her and Kaylee Ray was a really great matchup. So mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll even check that out as well. And I rarely check out NXT UK. NXT UK and NWA is the two shows that I don't watch too often. Um <laughs> 
And then we got one from Tails P who says, I can see Roxy uh, winning next week. Toxic could be a good group of heels to lead, uh, to feud with, to, to feed, to live. Oh, true. Uh, is speed running through all the new day gimmicks, uh, but losing. She'll probably bring up breakfast soon. What is JD's move? The JD side, the McDonough flip, the ace crusher. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering that when I wrote down that that's, you know, that that move is called the Devlin side. I was like, oh, I got to change that move now because he's not yeah. Devlin. No, that would be too simple. Jordan Devlin McDonough. So you know why? Why? Why couldn't they? Why did they? Why they couldn't call him Jordan D. McDonough? Just, just leave it ambiguous. If you, if you don't want people searching Jordan Devlin, to make it ambiguous and just put Jordan D. McDonough. Who knows? I don't know. This is not something I'm getting worked up over. There, I've, I've blown that gasket already. <laughs> that, is fair. that is fair. I do. I uh, do see in the chat. Uh, they are saying that we have one more uh, Mocha chat, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, there it is. There we go. Just in time. Uh, we got another one here from AO1012 who says post show on the NXT Twitter was foreshadowing Grimes uh, either feuding with Gacy or joining Judgment Day. What? Oh, I would I, rather I, have him join Judgment Day. I would rather him feud with Gacy because the one thing this show was missing was a Joe Gacy promo. They didn't want me to show to show my favorite moment, my favorite segment doing this show on this YouTube channel to Tempest where I could have sang love is blind. The grass is greener on the other side. They denied you. They denied you a Gacy promo Tempest. Oh, darn. Oh, dear. I'll catch the next one. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you sure will. I will. <laughs> but yes, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I wouldn't say going to Judgment Day is too good either, because weren't no. they on like main event two weeks ago? <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't see. That's why I want to see a cool story told, running off of what we've got going on now. I don't think Cameron Grimes is going to do well on the main roster. If I had to guess, no. Maybe he's very charismatic and he can talk. He might be able to pull something off. I've been wrong before, but I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a Zion Quinn. <laughs> Or Sangha, or Sangha the Thunder, who oh, who seemed like wagger. he started a he seemed like he started a feud with Duke Hudson during the barbecue segment. So yeah, whatever. maybe we'll get that next week. You know, must must watch television NXT 2.0. But Tempest, thank you so much for filling in for Sat. Sat is is at the Jericho show in uh, London. So I appreciate my Canadian slash UK resident, my favorite join me on the show please let the people know when they're gonna see you on back on the channel because you are one of the faces here and and the jam that champion congratulations on that of course i could be wrong but i think i'm doing the aew podcast tomorrow 
I would have to check that. It's either tomorrow or next week. So you'll see me on an AEW podcast very soon. I'm doing, of course, SmackDown and Rampage this week, uh, which I always do with uh, with the lovely Pete Quinnell. And, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter or something, at TempestWT. Yeah, that would be fun. Do that. I, I say a lot of really random things about, about this silly country that I've moved to. They call creamsicles ice lollies SP3. What is an ice lolly? They call French fries chips. I was like, yeah, no, that's fine. Chip. No, there's that's... potato chips. I get it. That's a whole fries. separate thing. It's a cream popsicle. It's not an ice lolly. What is that? Oh, this is another thing. Save this for the post show. Yes, you got, you got an American and a Canadian talking about living in the UK. So, yes, Tempest, we talked about the Great American Bash, uh, a tale of two halves, as I called it, during our, our main show. Um, but coming out of it, what, what are you looking forward to in, in wrestling, in your, in your new humble abode in the UK for the rest of this week? Uh, the rest of this week? I don't know. I'm going to work. That's actually fun. You know, I actually do look forward to that. You know, like... Uh, like even even when it's like kind of a down day, like if somebody gets some bad news and the office is like kind of down, it's still like an office full of the most wonderful, supportive people, you know. So if someone is down, everyone's like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm sorry," and you know, everybody wants to to make everyone feel better, and you know. Again, we went out to like the pub afterwards and played a board game and it was still like you try and there's always like an effort to make the day end on a high, you know, whether that just be a laugh or or what. It's always a good time. So I'm looking forward to that. But I don't care about wrestling. I don't care about none of that because I want to have an actual conversation with you for the time we've got left on here because I tuned into your Fightful show with Jeremy Lambert. And I want to talk some NBA with you, SP3, because I was hearing some very saucy conversations about the futures of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and all of those sort of things. And I have not gotten a chance to talk basketball on this channel. And I know that's not what this is for. And probably everyone's now going to click off of this podcast. But I don't <laughs> care. If you want to hear me talk about the NBA, because I'm a million miles from it right now. And I miss my Raptors. I miss them very much, even though the season's over. Hey, y'all got some, y'all got some pieces. Yeah. 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 I think y'all right now are second in the betting odds to get Kevin Durant because you have the pieces to do it with Scotty Barnes and, you know, your draft picks. I don't Mm. know if you want to mortgage your future for Kevin Durant, who might, you know, step in some doo-doo outside and decide to leave because he is my least favorite player. I'm in such a I'm in such a headspace right now. It's like, okay, do we trade for the guy that will at the very least come in and be either the most or second most talented player to ever play for the franchise? Like immediately right off the bat, he's in that conversation. Like right up right yeah. up there with Kawhi. It would be him and Kawhi. Yeah. And I hate this man. <laughs> I am not a Kevin Durant fan at all. 
Were you and one of the, the Toronto fans that boo that uh booed him when he got injured? Uh, I don't. I honestly that day. So uh, I might have been. I don't know if it was specifically <laughs> like he's. It's not like he's hurt, but there was like the turnover. What I still say like the turnover is what got cheered initially. Right? Like, I don't think yeah. it's like this man came down and like snapped his leg into it and everyone went, Yay! It's like he kind of fell down and the ball went the other way and everyone went, Yay! Because we go went up and got a bucket. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not cheering for people to get injured. I don't want I don't want him to like, you know, never play again. I just want him to stop being a bitch. You know, <laughs> like get off your burners. I can't I can't deal. I can't deal with Kevin Durant. And I do not think I would be able to handle him on my team. Is like, I can't handle him on a team that I actively dislike. I can't handle him on a team that I like. Get out of here. Someone else, please. It's You're so like, wild please. to have Toronto in that conversation, though. It is. It is kind of kind of wild. And you guys overachieved the last season, in, in my yeah. opinion. Y'all went from kind of just looking like y'all were rebuilding after the Kawhi era land ended, and then you're in the playoffs. So it is an interesting scenario that you're in. I'm, you know, me as a Lakers fan, I am both looking forward to and dreading <laughs> getting rid of one headache for another <laughs> but if they complete this Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving trade because Kyrie uh, like I said on that show with uh, Jeremy Lambert Kyrie's my family so my family's gonna be coming to my favorite team and him teaming up with LeBron I think that he will have more motivation to play with LeBron James than he did with Kevin Durant because he was kind of, despite Kevin Durant being a better player than him, he was the one that was more of the vocal leader between them because he was the one that talked KD into going to Brooklyn. So I think with someone that he will look up to, like a big brother in LeBron, I think we will have better results with Kyrie than he did in Boston or in Brooklyn. You want to know crazy-ass stat that I heard this week? Vince Carter and Hakeem Olajuwon played more games together than KD and Kyrie Irving. I don't know how that's, that's possible. I don't know. Like, I was – my brain melted when I saw that. Gen, like, I, I couldn't I couldn't handle it. And I, I laugh because, like, this whole – this the, honestly – I don't want to just pray for people's downfall, but like my second least favorite player is Kyrie Irving. So I'm just, I saw what happened. You really don't like the Brooklyn Nets. I didn't like, that was the thing. I thought the Brooklyn Nets were such a fun team. Like, like five years ago when it was like D'Angelo Russell and the year you got the really famous gif of them all dancing on the sideline. Yeah. Like that was a vibes team. That was a team that was really fun to watch. And of course, like, you know, those type of teams don't last that long, but man, they went like full 180 and just became my least favorite team just because of who was on it. And now I can't think of like, it, it would piss me off because, like, I do want a more exciting league than just Katie going to the Warriors again and going through all that. But, man, what a storyline all this would be. If if all of this just leads to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving being, like, 
you know how they'll be presented by the media. They're two bums that couldn't get it done on their own and had to go back to the stars that won them the championships. And I know that like Kyrie Irving went nuts in the 2016 NBA final. Like this is not like he, he earned that. They all earned their rings for sure. Yeah. But like Kyrie Irving wanting to go away from LeBron and be a star to go back to a team with LeBron is just, that's spicy. That's spicy. I like that. That's a fun storyline for me, you know, because again, I, I think and the NBA is like by far the best league in pro sports. 100%. Like by not even close second. It's the NBA, a mountain of crap, and then someone else. I don't even know who. They're all tied for last, you know. But the stories are just so, so delicious. This is such an exciting season, and it hasn't even, like, started yet. And, of course, these trades need yeah. to happen first. Of course, this could be a really boring season, but I think there's a lot of potential for very interesting basketball. And and I feel like you're 100% right with the NBA because the season never ends. The offseason mm-hmm. is just as interesting as the playoffs yeah. and the regular season. <laughs> like like uh, Jeremy's uh, wife said, like your basketball never ends. It doesn't. It never ends. The conversations never end with basketball, and that's why I enjoy it so much. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever happens with the Toronto Raptors, whatever happens with the Los Angeles Lakers, and wherever this week sweepstakes for Kevin Durant and uh, this throw him at any team possible of Kyrie Irving because you can't call it a sweepstakes. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> but that has been our outro for for only the basketball fans of the rest of the talk podcast. <laughs> YouTube channel members, Patreon backers, we love you all. This has been the Canadian Mocha 2.0 edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. We'll see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.